from the Philadelphia Phillies to the New England Patriots and everything in between. It's the John and Lebo Show with your hosts, John Sokoloff and Alex Lebowitz. Welcome into the John and Lebo Show. John Sokoloff joined, as always, by the elegant Alex Lebowitz. I don't know if that's a good adjective. No. I'm trying to think of like yeah, a, good, I, a good adjective to consistently call you, but I, I haven't thought of it yet. We can make it seasonal, festively plump. Festively plump? I like that. All right. So when's that like uh, active until December 17th? No, I think you can. You know what? Actually, it's too soon. After Thanksgiving through Christmas. Uh, so what are you now? Um, um, what am I now? We'll come, we'll I don't come know. Back. We'll come back to it. It's fine. It's sure I'll have something for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll think of a good adjective for you. Just make sure it's not in a bad time because we're going to be talking about some sad stuff. So I don't want to hear, oh, yeah, it was such a tragedy. Oh, oh, yep, here it is. Call me this. <laughs> oh, call me this. I got it. I got it, John. Stop what you're thinking. I yeah. know what call my adjective call is. Call me grumpy. Call me grumpy. grumpy. Yeah. Call yeah, me, uh, how about this? Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Because that's the, the timing of me interrupting is inappropriate. All right. Yeah, I'm John, sorry. Yeah, John, you know, call me, Um. Uh, you know, like Roy Holiday was such a tragedy. Grumpy. Call me grumpy. There it is. <laughs> yeah, there okay. it is. Grumpy. Let's right, actually um, get into but, that, though. Yeah, it was, I was, um, with like a friend of mine playing some basketball, Matias, you you remember him? Um, we we're playing basketball. He was the co-host of the Boston Beat last year. Shout out, right? Shout out Matias and he, um, he like rolled his ankle, so he was on the sideline. I was just playing basketball, and he just randomly goes like, "John, like Roy, Roy Halladay died," and I'm just like, "What?" I and like the game was like almost over, and then I, I look at my phone, and I was in just like such disbelief, man. I was so like upset. Like I knew he loved like flying those those planes. I knew he was really big into planes, which a lot of people are. And I was looking on Twitter, like all my friends from home, like this guy was like one of the faces of Phillies baseball from like 2010, like 2010, 2011. Like he was the guy, like the perfect game in 2010 was incredible. The no hitter in the playoffs. The only, that's the only time we've seen it done in our, in our lifetime. Like those were just incredible memories that the city will always have. And watching these videos, man, like of both of those games, I was about to, um, I was honestly like about to tear up. Like I maybe even like teared up a little bit, dude. It was really sad. And you think about everything else, like Roy Halladay's career, like the way it ended was pretty sad because when you take a look at MLB players of who deserved rings, this guy is high on the list. He's high on the list as a player that, that deserved a ring that never got one. So that was already a sad end to his career. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, I... And now this, it was just, it was awful. I had friends texting me. They were all crying. I had friends call me crying. Like it was it was just a really horrible day for the city of Philadelphia, man. It really was bad. It's awful. It's, it's, it's a tragic thing. The guy's, what, five years removed from the league. I think he's up for the Hall of Fame this year. And I think he'll probably be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. His numbers aren't amazing. Uh, he has over 200 wins. Didn't have the longevity that a lot of guys have, but for a while. He was the standard-setting pitcher for you know a good six, seven, eight years in the MLB. And it's a shame that he had to waste a lot of his career in Toronto and, and he wasn't really a part of m- many winning teams. But he was just an unbelievable player. And you see the outpouring of support for the guy. He was respected. So you talk about guys who have great legacies on the field. It's another thing to to have that on top of being someone who was so highly respected for the person that they were. This even more tragic. Um, it really sucks that, it, that, that this type of thing happened. And... Uh, he he he's someone who meant so much for so many people in the MLB 
standard setting pitcher. Um, and obviously there's a lot of hot takes coming out on, on his death in Boston. That's been a, a, a big discussion, but legacy, like there's no doubt he's a hall of famer. There's no doubt he was, he's one of the best pitchers that I've ever seen. Uh, and he was just so cool and calm on the mound. Well, he's a guy who, who was pretty clean. Um, so it, it, you see the outpouring of, of respect for the guy. It really sucks. It really sucks that that he died. And and you can compare it to the Jose Fernandez death. It's it's something that you just no one's looking for, uh, or your Dono Ventura even. No one's no one's expecting to to like what we heard the other day. Uh, so it's it's awful. It's awful. His legacy is great, um, but it sucks that at forty years old, his his life is 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 cut to an end. And yeah, it was. It was a really tough day. I mean, and look, this was a guy like in Toronto, they never made the playoffs with him. And that's just that's just how it was. A lot of dominant pitchers are living under the shadow of uh, of bad organizations where they are prospering, but they can't really have much team success. And then he got to Philadelphia, and that was his chance. The Phillies traded for him for the 2010 season. And, and you know, that was his chance. He, he dominated that year for them. He won the Cy Young his first year there. And in the playoffs, he pitched that no-hitter. I mean, he... He did for that team all that he could. And then, yeah, obviously they lost in the 2010 NLDS to the Giants. Then the next year, Phillies won over 100 games and lost in devastating fashion. In the They lost in the NLCS to the Giants, but they lost in the um, NLDS the next year to the Cardinals after winning 100 games. And then it was just really tough because maybe not that many people paid attention, but in 2012 and 2013, he started to break down due to injury. And it was so that he had his career – Ended and he was about 36, 35 at the time. 35, yeah. 36. So, yeah, it was um, <clears throat> definitely a, a, a lot of great memories. And the city of Philadelphia really lost um, a, a great athlete. And those Phillies years really gave him the spotlight that he deserved, like for everywhere, because all that postseason success. Because in Toronto, people know about him. But when you're in Philadelphia and when you're part of those dominant teams, that's when, and when you pitch in the playoffs, everyone's watching the playoffs. So that's how you know it was. Great, but um, yeah, it's also just such a shame he's not going to be able to um, you know, get be alive for his Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, it, it, it's awful, and his family's going to have to go there, and that's probably going to be this summer. Um, I don't know when the when the Hall of Fame voting happens, uh, but you got to think he'll be first or second ballot. Uh, and you think that given the circumstances, they'll probably put him right in. Because his post, what's the word? Post human, humans. I don't even know the word. After he, after he dies, um, so he's probably going to be inducted this season. It's going to be sad to see whoever accepts that award for him. Um, that speech because it's just it's too soon. And I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on this because obviously in, in Boston media, I alluded to this earlier. Yeah, Mike Felger at ninety eight five the Sports Hub, the CBS affiliate. In, in Boston, <clears throat> kind of saying he said he deserved to die. Um, I, I, I don't know if that was a direct quote. I've seen that quoted on Twitter. Um, but he kind of went on a rant about it and how you have a lot of these these people, not even just athletes, just people who do have a lot to lose, who, you know, have a family and, and, and maybe that they shouldn't. I don't know. I see where he's coming from. It seemed a little, a little strong for him to say that. I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts as someone who, who rooted for, for Roy Halladay for a few years. Um, I like the thoughts on Felger and Mass thing. I just thought it was, I understand that they're in an industry where, and we are too, where you got to like say something like, 
that'll get people talking, you know, and that's exactly what he's done. He's done a good job at his job where the fact that he's able to get us to talk. But I just think with here, with this, this take could have been said more delicately. And I don't think, and a lot of the, a lot of the things he said was just completely just out of line. He called him a moron. He said that it wasn't a tragedy. Those are just things that are incredibly disrespectful. And that's just like not cool. Like it was a really insensitive thing to say. I understand maybe making these points about other things, but with a delicate topic like this, it's just not worth it. And no good comes out of it at all. Yeah. I, I, I understand where he's coming from. I don't, you know, people compare this and I, I kind of did earlier to the Jose Fernandez thing. It's not like that. Jose Fernandez did deserve criticism for what happened. Like he's not some hero because he was a good baseball player. The reality is him being intoxicated, you know, on both cocaine and alcohol, speeding, you know, way too fast on a boat, killed two other people on that boat. That's a lot worse than Roy Halladay going out on a plane by himself, doing something that was risky, and then, you know, ending up killing himself. It's just different. I I think they come from a father's perspective, people who have families – and know that, you know, people rely on you to f- put food on the table and, and more than that, just to influence them as a parent. So I think I, I honestly do understand the frustration that people had in, in what Roy Halliday did. I don't know if you saw the video. I And I'm not a plane expert. I'm not going to act like I am. But it seemed like what he did was risky. And it seems like uh, who do know a thing or two about flying said that what he did was not smart at all. Like even experienced p- pilots don't do what he did. So it was dumb. He did something stupid and ended up dying. And that sucks. Doesn't mean you pile on. It, it, you, you still should respect the legacy. You still should talk about his legacy. Remember him positively at this point, at this moment, rather than focus on how he died. Right. Um, it, it really does suck though. And, uh, but overall I get the frustration. I think it was worded too strongly by Felger and Maz. Um, is Darren? A lot of times you got to have those hot takes, and and that's the way it goes. I, I don't it was, think it, it, was worded, it was worded strongly, and they said some things they shouldn't have said. But yeah, maybe it wasn't the smartest thing. But here's the facts: he was a, a great guy, an incredible pitcher, a guy that didn't quite get what he deserved in terms of a World Series ring, in my opinion. And no matter what happens with this, it's a tragedy. Like I know it probably might have not been the smartest thing, as opposed like what people are saying, and wasn't a smart thing to do what he was doing. But it doesn't matter. It was a tragedy, and like there's just no room for saying something like that as vulgar as they said it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It was just over over the top is the one way I, I the the one way I would describe what happened. And it's got a lot of people getting on their high horse. I hate that too. Any any times these things these things happen, it's like, oh well, you like them you need like no don't suspend anyone don't fire anyone. We, we do that enough in, in today's media what they said was bad but it's not like they're attacking a group of people they're they're attacking an individual's choice an individual's actions which is a lot different than than something that i think is fireable or, or suspendable they're not going to do either that's just the reality of the fact they felger has said worse things before he talks about drug addiction i think he talks about it ignorantly i think a lot of people do and if people want to listen to it He's gonna then he's gonna continue to have a platform. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's my whole thought on it. It deserves criticism. It doesn't mean it doesn't deserve criticism. What he said, I think a lot of people are self righteous when these types of things happen, and that that's kind of 
there's always that frustration for me on top of. Um, all right, do you want to move on? Yeah, let's all right, uh, let's just live read real quick. Nine AWCAP tune in Friday night, six thirty. There'll be pregame for the UMass little hockey game. After that, around nine thirty nine forty five, I'll be taking over the airwaves, talking about Merrimack Valley area football. Central Catholics playing Everett this weekend, John. Um, I know you're not from, but those are the number one and two teams in the state. And wow. this is a this is a, the Division One North final. So the winner of this plays the winner of the D one South final at Gillette on December third. Uh, for the state championship, the D1 state championship, the highest level Massachusetts game. I encourage you to go to that to that game. Obviously, bring your phone, listen to WCAP and your tune-in app. It's going to be great. I'll, I'll be updating you um, after the game, recapping everything in depth. So it'll be a good time. 980 WCAP, you can get down the tune-in app. You can go to 980WCAP.com and listen there. Or 980 AM on your, FM, on your AM dial. Um, if you, uh, if you live in the Merrimack Valley area, we have, I think you can get it, you know, in Boston to Manchester, New Hampshire has a pretty wide reach. So the NFL, a couple injuries, a couple things going on. Let's start with Deshaun Watson. We never talked about that last week. Did this happen this past weekend? Uh, I think it happened on Friday. He tore his ACL. It so happened Friday after we recorded. This has been like a theme for the NFL this year. So many t- elite players have have gotten hurt. It's really different than most years. I think every year people say that, that there's a lot of top end talent. Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, a lot of these guys, Sean Watson now, going down. And it sucks. And it just it sucks for the Texans because that was an exciting team to watch. And you want to see that quarterback to continue to develop. Um, and this is just, just going to stunt that. Now they bring back Tom Savage. It was Tom Savage. Fell suffered because of all these injuries. I want to kind of tie this in. I, I, I hope you don't mind. Let's tie the, Do you want to tie this in into the ratings? Because we have that in our rundown too. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one's gonna what? watch. No one's gonna watch big games if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. I'm sure that's that's a big part about it. Deshaun Watson. The AFC South had a big had a chance to actually make be a fun division again with this guy. They were right on the cusp of making the playoffs. He was exciting. He makes big plays with his feet, and he can he has a cannon too. It was just they were a fun team. They were, and now you got fucking Tom Savage back in there, the guy who threw his, hasn't even thrown an NFL touchdown. He has not thrown an NFL touchdown, which is still crazy to me. So, yeah, I, I, I hate the years, and this is what we've had the last couple of years, Alex, with last year and the year before that, and I believe it's been the third year in a row that the um, Texans have won the division. They just they get into the playoffs barely with these shitty quarterbacks that are awful, a defensive carry teams. I don't want to see a playoff game where Brian Hoyer starts. I don't want to see a Brock Osweiler team. I don't want to see this year, which might end up happening, a Tom Savage team. That's not fun. The AFC South isn't fun. They haven't been since Andrew Luck went down and, and things just went to hell for the Colts. So that, that's, the, that's the crushing blow about it. The AFC South is had a chance to be fun again for the first time since really Andrew so, Luck, and now they're not. But let me ask you this, because you bring up Andrew Luck. And this isn't a rundown, but but we, we probably should have added this. Andrew Luck on the IR again this season, or on the IR, not playing the rest of the year. What's what's his future? Like I, I feel like this guy keeps getting hurt. You have Tony Dundry coming out saying it's mental, it's a talent. It's kinda it kinda is exactly what you'd expect from the Colts organization. The 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 
that's really the whole thing right there. That division sucks because of Andrew Luck not being a part of it. You have some de- decent team underperform and just trying to spark it back up. But and, and it makes me think the guy's just never going to come back and be the same quarterback if he comes back at all. And and even though he's going to come back in a Colts uniform, the whole everything's up in the air. Fortunately, you have a good crop of young quarterbacks, you know, making. But it really sucks that this guy who is supposed to be the next Peyton Manning just wasting away in Indianapolis. Yeah, the Colts are wasting him and they're ruining him. And that's it. We'll take away him from them and they are just almost as bad as the Browns. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. The Colts are awful. They are an awful team. And the only reason why they're two and six or whatever the hell they are, three and six, is because the rest of the league is so damn bad. If this was the year 2014 or before that, the Colts would be a, a team that might not have a win right now. They probably wouldn't. Just that's why football's so bad. And that's another reason why the ratings are so bad. Look at, take a look at the, um, I think Sunday night with Raiders Dolphins. That was the worst ratings because NBC's had the game since 06. That was the worst ratings ever for a Sunday night game for them. Like, that never happens. The, the, the NFL, there's too many games, too many teams stink. No teams are really fun to watch. If I had, like, a list of teams that are fun to watch, maybe, like, the Saints, Patriots, Eagles, uh, Seahawks, that's that's really it. Like, the Chiefs are kind of fun. Chiefs and Cowboys, I guess. There shouldn't be five or six teams that are fun to watch for me. There should be at least ten or fifteen or maybe even twenty. Some years there have been twenty. It's no fun. The Raiders, ratings – have really been going down. And to tell you the truth, for the second half of the season, I'm not quite sure if it'll get even better. It's looked it's looked really bad. I've in a position now where I can't really where I watch games on NFL Sunday, but I can't really make it my whole Sunday. And it stinks. And, and like I don't but I don't care as much because it's that bad. Yeah, it's definitely taking the 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 joy out of your Sundays when most of the games really suck or just are are not as good as what we're used to seeing. You don't put any uh, any blame on the NFL protest, the the anthem protest. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if like people are like really hardcore NFL fans or if they're gonna really just completely boycott it because of that. You know? Yeah, I don't know if I buy that either. I I, I just think the play's down this year. I think the league is down. And something else you mentioned, talk about, you know, the Colts without Andrew Luck, the Texans without Deshaun Watson, without Aaron Rodgers. There's so many teams that literally are are as good as their starting quarterback. And if he's gone, then they suck. And you see that a lot in the NFL this season with, you know, when quarterbacks go out, they just they're lost. You know, the Raiders are are one of those teams too. Even with Derek Carr, who's who's not a hundred percent, same thing. So um, the Dolphins, the Texans, the Packers, the Raiders, the Colts—they're they're just poker without their their starting quarterbacks. Um, which you know they talked about this actually on Felger Nizer earlier this week. It goes back to just the fact that there's not a lot of teams that are are really um, and well rounded with the exception of like the Patriots and maybe the Seahawks, uh, you know, in the past five years, Instead, there's a couple of good teams, but it's a down year. It's a really down year in the NFL and the, and the top tier teams are going to benefit from that. Um, things have, have really gone down the toilet because of, of, of what we've seen both injury wise and, 
and just quality wise, these teams need to just become more well-rounded, better, better run, better coached. And who knows who's going to make the playoffs and who knows who's going to make the Super Bowl. Think about that second wild card spot in the AFC. Who can make it? <laughs> who's who's going to get that second wild card spot? <laughs> Honestly. Dude, do you do you have anyone? If you had to pick someone right now, you, you have no idea. It's a crapshoot. It could be anyone. Absolutely. And and the, Ra- the Raiders play the Pats next week. And so that's um, going to make them go to four and six. But still, at four and six, you're still not even out of it. <laughs> You still you still be a game out of maybe the the division. Yeah, it, it's it's you. brutal. So, I mean, you, you 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 just don't know. It's crazy. But uh, all right, um, let's we'll we'll move on in a sec. Just want to do a quick live read. Cortica, the biggest little game in the world, where Cortland plays Ithaca is this Saturday. Myself, Connor Weingarten, JJ Klein of the call on um, Bomber Radio Network, WICB dot org or ninety one point seven FM. If you're locally. And kickoffs at 12. We have a two-hour pregame show starting at 10 o'clock. So big things um, big things going on this Saturday. But I want to get into a – I know you definitely heard about Leangelo Ball getting arrested in China. He might face some time. It's Mike. He might um, – I think he's faced like three to three to ten years in, in prison is Leangelo because he went down there with uh, a couple other – Couple other teammates or friends, I'm not quite sure who he was there with, and he um, he was out and he got caught shoplifting. There you are, you're back. I'm back. All right, so let's get into um, the Leangelo Ball stuff. Did you hear about uh, him getting arrested in China? Arrested in China. Uh, My take on this: you have a lot of racism on. Not really speaking out in this as much. It's not surprising. The guy's a dirtbag. I've been saying this since day one. And the fact that we even care about some um, athlete getting arrested, uh, that means essentially. He could be facing three to ten years. I'm not talking to myself right now. He could be facing three to ten years, though. Could you imagine? Hello there, John. Yeah. Could, could you imagine um, if he actually goes All right, this really sucks. I think we're going to have to cut this broadcast short. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I th- okay, I think we're back now. This has been a real shit show. You can face three to ten years if you are um, arrested for theft in China. So stupid. Like, if you're going there and you're representing your team and you steal shit, you deserve to get kicked out of school. Like, yeah, is it's he just actually going to go to jail, though, you think? Is he actually going to... No, no, he's an American. They're not going to put him in jail. They're going to let him go, and he'll just leave the country, and he'll be asked never to return. It'll be something like that. Um, but but it's bad PR for the ball brand, for the big ball brand. But this is exactly what he wants. His son, who is a, a, a mediocre athlete, relatively speaking, got arrested for stealing, and it's headline news on ESPN. LeVar Ball has won. He's a winner. The guy has has established a brand that people eat up because they hate him. He's polarizing. Some people love him. Some people hate him. I think he's a piece of shit that doesn't deserve any media coverage because he's just essentially living vicariously through his children and exploiting them. I can't stand people like it's better than no father in, in his life. Like that's if that's your standard. Then you you think that abusive parents are acceptable? 
Like that's essentially what you're saying. I just want so, to see what happens to Leangelo, like uh, from this point, like moving forward. Like what? What'll um? He's not going to be the. I don't know. He's not going to be Lonzo Ball. He's not going to be his. He's not going to be this NBA superstar. And Lonzo Ball won't be an NBA superstar. I know we're ten games in, but he's not. He he. It's not impressed me. He's going to be closer to to Michael Carter Williams than he will be to to Russell Westbrook. I'll tell you that right now. Well, you don't. You don't. Know the guy's. You don't the guy has yet. been hyped up by his dad, and he got in that second overall pick. It's not just his dad that got him that. What? It's not his dad that got him that. He's he showed a ton of upside in college. We're we're only ten games in, so we gotta we gotta pump the brakes on on calling him a bust. He has put up some numbers that are like uh, head scratching numbers, but at the same time, you gotta gotta give him some more time. Yeah, I just don't think that he's going to be anything special. I think he'll be a, a pretty average player. He's not going to be a perennial all-star. Um, I don't think he has the attitude. I feel bad for him. I don't hate Lonzo. I hate his dad, and I think it sucks what his dad has done to him. And I think deep down he probably feels the same way. Establish his brand, but the brand isn't about Lonzo Ball. It's about LeVar Ball. Yeah. And it's it's just it's a depressing situation, honestly. The more you think about it, the more depressing it is. And if his career is subpar, then that's like his legacy is going to be shit. He's going to be a kid who was hyped up by his dad, who never lived up to the hype. And that's that's no one's fault besides Levar Ball. So yeah, I mean, I look also, at this. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It is like a tricky situation, but I do think that he will come around and it is only 10 games and we'll see uh, growth from him as the season goes on. But I watched that game last night, the Lakers-Celtics game, and they've got some some young players that are really just incredible. You know, Brown and Tatum. What happened to Brown Tatum last night? Did he roll his ankle? He Something happened. With, I didn't see the play, but he didn't return after halftime. There's no fracture or break. They, they hope it's just soft tissue tissue damage. There's no timetable at this point. They also were without Al Horford last night. Yeah, Al Horford is, has had a great season so far. That guy, we all forget about him. Everyone forgets about him. He's still a max player contributing a lot. But here's my thing with uh, like guys like Tatum and all that. People, are, people don't give organizations enough credit, nearly enough credit for the – the job that they do with the players they draft. It's not, people act like it's all luck. Like people act like, oh yeah, well they happen to take Tatum and he came, became a superstar. You become a superstar based on what organization you're at, unless you will have an insane amount of talent. If you were to swap Jason Tatum for Josh Jackson, then I guarantee you Tatum would not be doing well in Phoenix and Josh Jackson would be doing extremely well in Boston. That's just how it is. Ball, the, the Celtics draft and develop the right guy always. They have a great GM, a great head coach, and players around them that are ideal for development for younger players. And if it would have been Tatum there, then in Phoenix, I don't think he would have been that good. If it was uh, any other players there, if it was Lonzo Ball in Phoenix, I, I, don't th- I think he has like a less of a shot, but the Lakers are still like bad as well, so it's not, it's not – that's apples and oranges. But – at the same time, people don't give the organization nearly enough credit that it deserves, in my opinion. I also think Danny Ainge deserves credit for making that pick with the Sixers because I, I know you might not like hearing this, and I know it's only ten games in. Uh, we have to. I know I don't want to keep on that disclaimer, but you got to put it out there. But Markel Fultz so far has been a disappointment. I know you don't want to overanalyze ten games in. He's been dealing with that shoulder injury. Well, he has. But it played. seems like. Can't call but him it seems like. Not playing. 
Yeah, you can. He's been disappointing. He hasn't done anything. When the, with the minutes that he has played, he's looked like dog shit. He and played, so he played three games. He played like 20 total minutes. Okay. Of a, he can't with his right him. arm. He's not disappointing. Yeah, it, it no, sucks. No, no, no. You can't say disappointing yet. No, I'm sorry. Yes, you can. It's disappointing. How is that not disappointing? You want him to play, right? Because he's because he's fucking injured and his arm, he can't lift his arm. It's not like he stinks. It's not saying he's a disappointment right now. He's not playing right now. He's not healthy. Has he been playing the the minutes that he's put in? Has he played well? He's played and, and has he been available? Minutes. He's played twenty to thirty total minutes. It was a bad organizational okay. and, and, move to play him. He's he's in a condition where he should not have played any of these first ten games. So you can't. Okay, call him. which he's seems like a. It seems like it seems it seems like a, uh, a, a something that the Sixers always do with rookies. It's something that happens to Sixers rookies every single when have season. They, when have they forced the, a rookie to play when he's injured? They've done the opposite of that. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every rookie that the Sixers have has gotten hurt, uh, and they have sidelined him. That's weird. It's just a weird. It's a weird thing. Um, it's not their fault. I mean, it could be. It's not it could their be. Fault that Maybe he wasn't the right guy. Their fault that Ben Simmons. Broke okay, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to say back to my main point. Back to my main point. Back to my main point. Jason Tatum is going to be the best player to come out of this draft, at least the best out of those top three picks. It's looking more and more like that. I already gave my take on Lonzo Ball. He's going to have a mediocre career. I think Mark Fultz might be a decent player someday. I don't think he's going to be anything exceptional. I don't think he's going to be a, 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 this big superstar. Um, he just doesn't give off that vibe to me. And and I feel like the Sixers were drafting out of need and not who is the best player available. That's why they went with Mark Fultz. The fact that Danny Ainge was like, you know what, we can trade down two spots, get an extra pick, and and get the guy that we have as the best player in this draft was an exceptional move by him. And they are essentially going to have a top five pick if everything goes right next season from the Lakers out of this trade. So it's not even over. Danny Ainge, during this rebuild process, has gets an A+. Everything has worked out for him. Dra- trading for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, all these guys, trading uh, Paul Pierce uh, and, and Jason Terry, of course you can't forget to mention him, and, and KG the Nets for all those Brooklyn picks was an amazing move. And what he's done with those picks have been incredible moves. Pretty much every single one of them has worked out for the Celtics. Been unbelievable to watch as a Celtics fan. And the more you see Kyrie in a Celtics uniform, the more you think that that trade uh, to get him was amazing. He's head and shoulders above Isaiah Thomas. I'm sorry. Isaiah was incredible to watch. Kyrie is just a much more well-rounded player. And, and it, I think he's more fun to watch. And uh, Yeah, they've done a good job. They're a great organization. They really are. They're, they're a great organization. That's just what it is. And that's why yeah. Tatum's had so much success. He couldn't have gone to a better spot. They could develop You can't say, you can't say he's not good, though. It's a, it's, it's a valuation of talent, though, John. It's not like he goes to the, to, to the Suns and he's just not going to be good. He would yeah, still but contribute. He he still be be as good. They, they are going to make him so much better than he would have been in Phoenix. That's just a fact. They have no veterans there. They have all yeah, maybe he'll de- They stink. Maybe, maybe he'll develop more, but I don't think you're giving enough credit to the player himself. I think Jason Tatum was already an NBA-ready play, player, the best offensive player in this draft, the best scorer in this draft. Uh, and his defense also I – mean, I could I could see your argument that his defense is better on the Celtics than it would have been with the Suns at this point. That's because of the surrounding cast, I think, more than anything. But he's been exceptional. He's been exceptional. Right. I don't think he would have been exceptional right now in Phoenix at least. But doesn't that go back to the surrounding cast more so? It goes like, back to the surrounding, the surrounding cast. 
Look, I, I think – all right, look at the head coaching debacle that they have. Earl Watson and Jay Triano or whoever their coaches are. What, are you going to put him into that offense and he'll really stunt his NBA growth? Or are you going to put him with Brad Stevens, one of the best offensive minds, and, and make him grow from that? Like, that's just, that's just how it is. Like, he's – he would have. Had, he's going to end up being way better with Boston than anyone else. It's because it's a lot of credit to the organization. Organization, obviously, as a player, he determines outwardly, and he's the number one aspect in, into how good he's going to be. But it's going to be a lot easier for him to be better in Boston, and he is looking right now like the best player in that draft, easily. So let me ask you this: Will the Celtics run last? They they have five games, uh, or four games between now and when they play Golden State. Will they go into that game against Golden State at fourteen and two? And do you expect them hosting them, or, or, or what do you expect to see out of that? Are they hosting Golden State? They're hosting the Warriors yeah. that game. Okay, well, I mean, let's yes. see. Let's take a look at who they got. They got the Hornets. They got the Raptors. They got they the got Nets. Get... They might lose. They'll probably schedule. lose. They'll probably lose one of those three. I'd say a ten-game win streak. They'll probably lose one of those three. I, I really like um, Toronto. Maybe they'll lose that one. I don't know. But then, yeah, hosting Golden State, that'll be – the Celtics have been playing a lot better defense. They're, they're a really good basketball team, man. I, I knew they would be. There's no surprise. The only surprise that's come out of me, that's come to me from this team so far, is that when Gordon Hayward went down, how easy it was for them to fill his void. How easy it was for them to just fill the, the role of that. And with Tatum and Brown, both of those guys, they've been exceptional. Jalen Brown's been incredible this year. Defensively everywhere, he's been incredible. The Celtics put themselves he in a great win, situation. He might. He might. It's going to be him, Aaron Gordon, whoever. It might. He could win. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really yeah. I like what they've been doing, I got to say. Everything's been going right for the Celtics. It, it seems like as soon as – I think I've made this point before, but it seems like as soon as the Patriots dynasty ends, the Celtics will will start or continue, depending on what point Brady retires. But it's 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 all things uh, – all things – on the up and up in Boston, which is look, man, I, I've got good I've to gotten see. To watch, I've gotten to watch a ton of Celtics games this year with League Pass, and they're a really fun team to watch. I gotta say, I gotta say, they've really been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, you think of the really. adjective for yourself I'm yet? Kinda... Oh yeah. Uh... Um, adjective for myself. I, don't know, do you, I need. You know how people can't create their own nicknames. Someone else needs to create right, their, their right. nickname for them. I like grumpy. I like yes. grumpy. Grumpy. I'm not grumpy though. I'm not grumpy. <laughs> you got grumpy. I said you were grumpy. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm getting defensive when I. I get defensive when people call me something I'm not. All right. I think that's gonna do it for us today. We'll be back. Next I got week, I got your adjective. Wednesday. I got your adjective. Yeah? You didn't ask me what your adjective is. <laughs> yeah, what's my adjective? Tall. What is it? Tall. Oh, tall. thank you. That's great. Wait, do you wait to use height as an adjective? Nah, I'm just get stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> great. <laughs> Very well thought of. That was, that was great of you. Um Dumb. I, I think that's gonna do it for us today. We'll be back next week on Wednesday, same time. This is the John and Lebo Show. Follow us on Twitter and check out boneheadpicks.com. Take care. We're bands of pretty.